mega power. WrestleMania 5! Ladies and gentlemen, live from Hollis, Queens, with the WrestleMania Rock, it's Run DMC! made me feel that he believed in the three demandments of the prayers, the training, and the vitamins. He made me believe that he was in my corner, me and G. But I found out one thing, Macho Man. You're not a believer in the demandments. You were never in my corner. You were always on the outside. I don't care where you stand. I don't care what you believe in. All I want from you is your best. Because when Hulkamania rules, when Hulkamania puts you down on your knees, I want the whole world to realize that I beat you at your best. And at the end of WrestleMania 5, I will be the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And what you gonna do, Macho Man, when the whole world full of Hulkamaniacs destroy you? Get out of here! I told you no interview! Come on, I'm not Hulk Hogan, I'm ready! Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show number five. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right, Chris, we're five in. You starting to feel it? Um, I'm feeling something. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's not me. I'm over at the other end of the room here. Yes. Okay. Uh, but we're talking about WrestleMania five. Once again, we are back at Trump Plaza. Yes, the only consecutively held uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. In the same location, anyway. And uh, you actually have the date and attendance for this yes. one. April second, nineteen eighty-nine. A recorded attendance at eighteen thousand nine hundred and forty-six. Wow, that's a that's a low attended WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't uh, four like double that almost. It seemed like it was sort of close, like thirty. It was close to thirty, I Maybe, think. Maybe, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the same venue, too. So. Yeah. It seemed like the curtain was pulled back a lot more this time. You know, it's like the, the entrance guess, seemed yeah. a lot shorter. Is it just me? Uh, um, I don't know. You may have something there. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe. Anyway, all that speculation aside, uh, let, let me take you back, Chris, just a little bit. This was the first calendar year that I was a wrestling fan. Oh, nice. Was, this, was, this was my first WrestleMania, in a sense, even though I didn't get to watch it. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, only guys my age or around your age, around this era, like, can really remember this kind of stuff. But back in that day, if there was a pay-per-view on that was just regulated to a particular channel, because, you know, there was only about 100 channels, maybe, if that. And the pay-per-view channel, uh, I found out what it was on. We only had, like, two pay-per-view channels, like, ever at that time anyway. Right. And I actually turned on the TV to watch the scrambled WrestleMania. You know <laughs> nice. the old scrambled yeah. porn joke. Right. I watched scrambled WrestleMania <laughs> five, uh, like radio basically. Yeah. I couldn't really make out what was being. You kind of hear it, yeah. Yeah, I could hear. I could actually hear everything. It was clear really? as day. There was no static in the commentary, so yeah. it was like listening to a radio broadcast. Nice. And that's actually what I did. Wow. Even though at the same time 
NWA WCW was running their Clash of the Champions mm-hmm. from New Orleans Superdome. Uh, and they were running a two out of three fall hour long classic, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Wow! And uh, that was you know because it did so well for them the year before, where they yeah. ran the first ever clash right up against Mania, and then more people watched it because it was free and yeah, and, and they had a good show. Dang, this was that pretty much sounds kind of, really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was basically you know it's kind of a one match show. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it in forever, but uh, that was. That was their idea at NWA, and I think they actually had, uh, I don't even think they actually had better attendance than that mania. I think there was only a few thousand in the freaking Superdome. Wow. They had to, like, Yeah, you know, do the TNA thing where they make it look bigger, <laughs> more filled than it is. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the numbers on that one, but I don't think they actually outdrew it. That's crazy. Yeah, with a match well, like that. and I mean, myself at the time, even as good as that sounds now, looking yeah. back, I would have watched, I would have paid for this, in the WWF instead. instead. Or you'd listen to the radio broadcast. I, was, I think I actually, I don't think I did it with this, but I did do that occasionally yeah. for some of the shows back then. Yeah, Yeah. so I, that that's, I remember doing that completely. I remember calling my friends, talking to them about it, because nice. they were doing the same thing. Yeah. Or a couple of guys in my neighborhood that did that, so it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's kind of the the uh, um, like nineteen eighty version of like downloading something off the internet, like yeah, finding of. a way to get it. You know, yeah, yeah, kind of. So I because <laughs> it's always like bad, like the YouTube horrible looking version of it that people post online. That's up there for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of deal, so. Exactly. So I learned. I knew every match finish that happened. Uh, you know, they didn't show a whole lot of footage of it on free TV after that, except I remember them showing the Rude Warrior finish a lot. Mm. They didn't show a whole lot of, like, anything else. I remember getting the magazine and reading a little bit more about what happened and seeing stills, and that was, like, really big for me. Yeah, right. So this this mania kind of does hold a special place in my heart. So I was really interested to see this one especially to see how well it has yeah. aged. Uh, it's yeah. not bad. I like the show. Yeah, it was... It was- it's fine. It seems to get bashed now, uh, even by some you know online fans. But yeah. I think a lot of that's for people that just weren't around then. So I think that's a that could be a lot of it. I know? guess, yeah. But I mean, some of it could be nostalgia factor for the reasons that you just said. But yeah. I don't remember watching this back then. I don't know if I was really that into it. I think I was. I was watching, yeah. but I wasn't like super into it at the at the time. I don't know. I I was kind of like right on the verge. I think. Yeah. But yeah. even. Hogan still being a big deal, but yeah. Warrior Star is massively rising. Yeah, no, I was a fan because I was huge Hogan fan. Obviously, I had the big banner on my wall for years. Yeah, but I think this was around the time where I was starting to be like Warrior fan because I was a bigger yeah. Warrior fan back then. Yeah. But yeah, so so we start off here as you know we're covering every possible thing we can do about the WrestleMania history, and it starts off as always with either America the Beautiful or just the regular. Uh, U.S. National Anthem. Right. Uh, what did we get this time, Chris? Uh, America the Beautiful, sung by... <laughs> current, at the time, current women's champion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since she wasn't... Since she didn't have a match on the show. She had no they, opponent. Yeah. Oh, Sherry okay. would have been it. That, she was literally... Uh, they were the only, the only two, two women, women wrestlers <laughs> in the company at the time. Right. I'm not even kidding. Well, even more reason to have them on the show then. <laughs> right. Well, they were both well, on the show in their the own show. way. <laughs> Wrestling. Yeah. And not but singing like Rockin' Robin did. She sang If that's America what the you could freaking call it. Um, as far as... Well, no, I would say, like, as far as this show goes, but there actually was a musical act on the show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I would have much preferred the other one, Do America I would, the I would have liked to have seen them do America the Beautiful, yeah. yeah. Um, Still would have gotten less booze than Connecticut Yankees. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. But yeah, so she sang it, and it was highly entertaining. 
She does not defeat Aretha Franklin yet, so <laughs> she is still in the gauntlet match of opening... Not even like, Ray Charles or no, anybody. Yeah. Not even Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think for comedic factors she does, <laughs> but you just have to go listen to it. I'm not going to sing it. Oh, come on, let's do that one part. <laughs> and crown thy good with brotherhood. brotherhood. There we go. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. That nice little pause in there. It's pretty amazing. Space. Yes. It's kind of like Lance Storm with dramatic pause. I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was the, the forerunner of that, so he stole that from her. All right. Speaking of which, anyway, it's time to get serious for a moment. To, let's get to things. Moving on to the opening match here. Uh, the... Uh, sort of newly crowned King Haku because yes. uh, he had just defeated Harley Race in the Battle of the Kings yes. at the Royal Rumble that year, and uh, King Haku being led to the ring. Uh, how much would it have sucked to be the extra during that segment to be carrying the throne on that right. ramp? Yeah, <laughs> and and Haku's really trying to have both of his hands up in the right. air, but he's like, oh, better not. <laughs> I am very frightened. It's like I'm being gonna, on a bad roller coaster. You want to yeah. put your arms up to show you're a real man, but right. then you're like, ah, oh god! <laughs> He's just he putting was... his arm out, arms out to like keep balance. I think yeah. like, yeah. like tightrope walkers with the pole. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> uh, coming out with Bobby Heenan, who will pretty much be on the entire show. Yeah, and it is kind of the Bobby Heenan show, you know. It is, yeah. So, um, and against a former Heenan charge, Hercules, yes, who was a baby face now, yeah, because Bobby Heenan. Sold Hercules to Ted DiBiase <laughs> as a slave. They actually used the yeah. word slave. Well, does that take the heat off Virgil? Uh, yeah. Or do we not need to go there? I don't think you really need to go there, but it's okay. He was a very white guy, so I think, you know, he had the chain around his neck, so, I mean. <laughs> Hernandez I Unchained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this was. Yeah. Uh, what better way to get back at Bobby Heenan than embarrassing him at WrestleMania with a guy he really didn't have any beef with? But let's have yeah. a match anyway. Yeah. Uh, fine opening match. It was I've, fine. Yeah. I've seen worse, especially yeah. at WrestleMania two, which is the <laughs> right. standard bear for bad openings. Sure. I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I had no problem with the match. The two guys very. Solid professionals. I sound like Jr. when I say "hell of a hand," hell of a hand. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, nothing bad in the match. No blown spots. Just a solid match. Two yeah. tough guys, uh, but not boring. And that that's always important. Yeah, I don't think it was terribly boring. Yeah, you know, it did it did the job, and and you kind of want to do this at the top of the show. Yeah, uh, you have a match where the good guy wins. <laughs> All right, that's kind of kind of suited that. But and then it was gets a weird in the finish. Ring and swings a chain around his head and like cleared like a helicopter. Yeah, it was a weird finish, too, because th- this is a finish that they hadn't really done a whole lot, especially because I had just started watching, but I'd never yeah. seen this finish before. No. His belly-to-back suplex, and then Hercules bridged out, or he didn't bridge out of yeah. it, he shouldered out of it. He rolled kind of a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they said they, he bridged. They said, that, like, uh, Gorilla and Jesse were calling this one again, and they said he bridged. He didn't bridge. He, he shouldered. He kind of rolled a little bit and got his shoulder up. Yeah, so... Um, it, I don't think anything else really need to be said. I love the the crescent kick uh, comp, uh, counter. Hercules went, I think, off the second buckle, and Haku mm, yeah. just crescent kicked him in the face. <laughs> that was a cool spot. Yeah, it, he didn't get all of it, but it was it was still kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's all I can really think of a match. Like I said Hercules swinging the chain around at the end, and yeah, it was kind of unremarkable. But like you said, it it yeah. got the job done, and it got the night off to a a decent start. Yeah, knowing that you're going to see better than that. Even just worse, in the second match. Yeah. yeah, a little worse. <laughs> but before that, it's going to get a lot better. That yeah. second match, boy. Yeah. Ooh. 
uh, pure cat and mouse, classic cat and mouse. And I remember at the time, this was the match I was second most looking forward to as a kid because I was a yeah. The Rockers really kept me in there really I early on. I was super into the Rockers, yeah. And so my I, dad was too. My my dad actually owned a Rockers T-shirt. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. And uh, maybe we get a picture of that or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had the Bushwhackers baseball cap, or trucker cap, yeah. and my dad had the Rockers t-shirt. That's awesome. Uh, so, I was so looking forward to this, but I, I was scared about it, because I was just, I hated Boss Man and Akeem, and the fact that they were teaming up now. Yeah. I was like, this is not fair. Yeah. And I saw some of the matches they had against the prelims, and yeah. they just killed them, of course. Yeah. They do yeah. that thing that tons of funk do now, where they sandwich the guys yeah. between yeah. them. That was like their setup move to the splash. Like, either Boss Man or Akeem would do the splash afterwards. Right. And, and yeah, uh, Bossman's huge at this point. Yeah, he was gigantic. the heaviest. Yeah, he was close to four hundred, but he was still agile. So. Yeah, it's weird. And I uh, another reason I hated Bossman so much because Bossman came in huge, like in '88. He just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't know Big, Big Bubba Rogers in NWA. He came in and he was doing the bad guy policeman gimmick. He beat the prelims up. He'd handcuff him to the rope and then he beat him with the nightstick <laughs> or the ball and chain sometimes. And like they put him right in there with Hogan and Savage, and like he, you know, was the first guy to really make a physical presence on Elizabeth, mm. and like thought he was going to hit her on main event, and yeah. it was just like, oh my god! And this guy was repulsive. Yeah, but it's weird. Like all of a sudden, Mania, you're back, you're over in the second match. Yeah, <laughs> like right. Hogan had, had de- defeated them all already. But you know, and they were the team that were in the ring with the Mega Powers when they exploded. Oh yeah, yeah. So. um Anyway, I'm jumping ahead here to that, but this match, Rockers and Twin Towers, super entertaining. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, one of those gems of the series so far. I mean, I've I've, I've uh, singled out a few of them, but this is definitely one of them. Yeah, I agree. You know, there are certain parts of the match that aren't, you know, completely slick, pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah slick was out there with the uh, Twin Towers. Yes, exactly. I had to, I had to get that in there. Yeah. But uh, it's cool. And uh, all of them except for Akeem are making their Mania debuts, so they're yeah. really going for it, you can tell. Oh, yeah. And uh, some cool double team moves early on by the Rockers, of course. Jesse hating it all the way. <laughs> yeah. He hated the Rockers. He used to bat the Rockers so bad, and I hated Jesse at this time. <laughs> I really did. And, uh, you know, if you're a kid, you definitely hated Jesse because yeah. he, he rooted against all your favorites, yeah. called the Ultimate Warrior, the Ultimate Maniac, or the yeah. Ultimate Idiot, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you go back and listen to him, and he, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he makes more sense than Monsoon does. Yeah, yeah, he's funny, <laughs> and Monsoon comes off like a homer now. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad, yeah. but it, it's just the way it is. Um, but man, like I think it's probably the first, one of the earliest indications of a Hurricane Rana on WWF, because yeah. uh, he yeah. kind of got one in there in the match. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a crazy match. I mean, the, the, there's so many tags, even from the Twin Tower side of things. Right. It's just like you can never almost tell who's legal in the match. Yeah. But uh, just when you think the Rockers, they might actually win, because they, they've they got them trapped. And, uh, they even get the, I think they get the double fist drop on Akeem at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they did like the double drop kick thing, which... Yeah. Yeah. And one of them missed entirely. Yeah, one of them. I think Marty hit it a little early. Yeah. And so Sean just kind of like raked across his face. Overshot you know? him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at one point, right there towards the end, and... Uh, I don't know what Michaels is going for, but he dives off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. And then Boss Man catches him and gives him Spins a, a spinebuster that that, yeah. that, that uh, was so amazing that Arn Anderson was in the backstage area and he felt a chill yeah. across his spine. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
he felt the disturbance in the force. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. I'm sure once he went back and saw the show, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And then uh, Splash, one, two, three. The towers finally caught the little uh, the little rockers there. Yes. And uh, But a, what a super really, entertaining... It was a super fun match, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a fun match in the early days of WrestleMania. Yeah. So it's, it's fun finding those, for sure. Uh, yeah. I guess that's it for that match, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then next up, uh, DiBiase cuts a promo, like, pretty much basic DiBiase promo saying how awesome and elite he is, so. Yeah. And at less than a month, uh, with the million dollar belt, this is a brand new thing. Yeah. The million dollar man, Ted DiBiase with Virgil, and they come out. I like the bit where he shakes Donald Trump's hand and Donald's yeah. like, wow, look at that yeah. thing. <laughs> that was really, that was a cool moment, actually. I think he didn't, didn't, like, Monsoon asked Jesse how much he thought the belt was worth. And yeah. He's like, a million dollars. It's a million dollar belt. What's that today? Yeah. Adjusted for inflation. Uh, he's fighting Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who is all, also one of my massive favorites at this time. Yeah. 89 was a good year oh, for yeah, Beefcake. Big into Beefcake, too. Yeah. I even bought a wrestling spotlight magazine that was just all about Brutus the Barber <laughs> nice. Beefcake. I, I bought three of them that year. That one, Demolition, and Bret Hart. Wow. They all had nice. their own little spotlight magazine. I bought them all. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and the, the million dollar belt was not on the line at this time. I don't think he didn't start doing that. He hadn't started doing that yet. Did yeah, he? he, it took years for him yeah. to defend that thing even once. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens, uh, down the line when he actually does. It's yeah. not a good idea. Right. Uh, but he's fighting Brutus, and it, this is kind of one of those things where, uh, a lot of, like, the first five to six manias, it gets into that, well, this was a good match. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. They're both pros, and they're both really fun to watch. And I still stand to say the beefcake is very underrated. Yeah, I think I, I've said this probably before that people, you know, tend to kind of underrate him. I think just because he's a Hogan crony. Yeah. But uh, he, he's fun to watch. Is he doesn't show any signs of being like a total stiff like Warrior. Yeah, you know? I mean he's one of those guys that I was a huge fan of as a kid. But you go back and watch it, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I wasn't completely like. Yeah, I feel justified. Over, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really do, and I'm you know. Well, we'll call ourselves out for liking stupid people back right. when we were a kid, but Beefcake is not one of them. Yeah. So, I like the match, but it, especially because of the finish, I think it, it kind of delegates itself to a TV main event, as I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. Especially during that time of superstars and wrestling challenges. Right. Like, the big main event between the actual two names right. would usually end in a bullshit ending. Yeah, it was a double count out. So. Yeah, double count out. On WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like a... How big of a sin would that be nowadays to do that? All right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I want to find out what the latest double count-out or double disqualification is. That'll be interesting to find out. Yeah. That'll be interesting to find out down the line. So stay tuned. <laughs> Please, we've got a lot more of these to come. Yeah. And uh, the only one that got the sleeper in this match was Virgil, yeah. which is right. uh, which doesn't... You know, I like to say, well, at least Virgil doesn't have any hair. He <laughs> can't cut it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because that's what Jesse I said. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you can't do anything with him. <laughs> Fine. He sacrificed himself for the greater yeah. good. So... Uh, DiBiase gets away after saving Virgil after he takes the the hit. Yeah. But that won't be the last time we see him. No. Not tonight. DiBiase will be back. Yes. But before that, um, 
was it Sean Mooney that uh, interviewed <laughs> the Bushwhackers while they were... No, that was Alfred Hayes. It was Alfred Hayes, you're right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean Mooney was so up late. Sean Mooney did have the worst yeah. assignments of the night, <laughs> this was, You're right, yeah, it was it was Hayes because he just, like, he's he's trying to interview the Bushwhackers who... Are, are they catering or are they some... They're at the WrestleMania brunch. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and so they're eating, so yes. you can imagine how that goes. They're basically at the casino buffet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you put food in front of the Bushwhackers, you, uh, you know, you, you get what you ask for, yeah. which is a lot of mess. Yes, and a lot of <laughs> spitting and like food in mouth. And <laughs> I think it was like Luke that actually put something in his mouth after he was asked a question, <laughs> right, in order just to so it would sound even more mouth, ridiculous. Yeah. And then at some point, I Hayes is just like he, he he's about up. to crack up, he's about to lose it. So. Yeah, you got to see some of those outtakes he has with uh, Mean Gene in the control studio. Yeah, those are so funny. <laughs> so anyway, go go back and look those up, kids. Oh, yeah. But uh, that leads into uh, the Fabulous Rougeos with Jimmy Hart versus the Bushwhackers. Yes. Rougeos coming out to one of my top three probably all-time favorite theme songs, yeah. All-American Boys. Yeah. And now hailing from Memphis, Tennessee, the right. Fabulous Rougeo brothers. They American flags with them. Yeah. Little American flags chanting USA to yeah. get the crowd to cheer along. I just, what about that isn't great? I know, yeah. <laughs> French Canadians yeah. migrate to Tennessee and start chanting USA, and they can't get even an yeah. 80s wrestling crowd right. to even be fooled into chanting right. USA. <laughs> what are you saying about 80s wrestling crowds? What are you insinuating? <laughs> yeah. Bushwhackers. Uh, but then the Bushwhackers, who were from uh, New Zealand. New Zealand so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, they're more American than the Bushwhackers, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did but, they start chanting USA in that match? I can't remember now. I, I'm not sure. I, 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 uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, I got to say... I'm sure some people will give me a lot of crap for this, but I love this match. It's yeah. so utterly ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> and once again, Jimmy Hart kind of uh, hearkening back to WrestleMania three, yeah. just being uh, the, the human crash test uh, yeah. dummy. And uh, every time he was against the Bushwhackers, whether it be the Rougeos or even later on, like the Nasty Boys, yeah. Jimmy was always on his game for those guys. Oh, yeah. He gave them everything. I think they even he even let them uh, pants them. On yeah. uh, Saturday Night's main yeah. event, years after this, yeah. uh, that won't be the only time someone gets pants. To uh, that's actually later on in the show, <laughs> right. but uh, this was super entertaining. It was I, it was really cool, and we'll do our rankings of the matches at the end of the show. But you actually made an argument for this match because I had it ranked a little bit lower, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, it's super fun." So yeah, and uh, I think there's two battering rams during the match, but yeah. uh, the second to last move is yet another battering ram. And uh, we get the double stomach breaker, yes. which is just a weird move, but yeah. super effective, I'm sure. I'm sure. And uh, the Bushwhackers run away with this. I mean, it's like a four-minute match, five-minute yeah. match, something like that. It's not very long at all. So that does kind of hurt the match a little bit, but it gets the job done. It's, I, I love it. It's Yeah. Well, it's it's really know. great. I don't, I don't know what to call it. It's not a guilty pleasure, because I'll admit to liking it. You're right. But it's it's fun. Just, what can I say? Go, that's all you say, yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, that's when uh, Mooney gets licked on the head yeah. yes. as the Bushwhackers are leaving the uh, the first of many uh, um, unfortunate circumstances for uh, Sean Mooney. Yeah, Mooney's having the worst night. <laughs> if he's not getting licked, he's interviewing drunks yeah. or getting basically Overtaken in the middle the of a proverbial mosh pit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but yeah, but one of these guys isn't coming back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Uh, the great Raymond Rougeau, who... Uh, you know, uh, he's well, the first time we saw him was at WrestleMania three, but he only got past five. Uh, basically, he he didn't really do well. I remember 
they got into a feud, the Rougeos Midsummer with the Rockers, and they kind of didn't pay that off for my money unless they had a, they probably had a big payoff match at the Garden that I never got to see because yeah. they never aired that stuff over here. But they did that, and then after SummerSlam 89, he had a six-man match at SummerSlam. But they, he went into semi-retirement after that. His last match as a Rougeau was at Royal Rumble 1990, fittingly enough, against the Bushwhackers. Yeah, nice. And, uh... That was pretty much it in 1992. Once Jacques became the Mountie, he became the commentator for the French announcement team. And oh, okay, yeah, he yeah. also was kind of relegated to uh, backstage interviews. I used to see Raymond interview a few guys here and there yeah. backstage, like 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 what Matt Stryker was doing up until yeah. a certain point. Uh, so, And a lot of people do it. They do color, and they also yeah. do that. So that's that, kinda, that sounds kind of like, didn't Sylvain Grenier do something like that with his career? Did he like start doing commentary? He started doing French commentary, too. Yeah. I think it was for TNA. Yeah. yeah so I remember hearing kinda, about that. Oh, that's kind of interesting parallel. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Completely coincidental, but sorry, uh, continue. I think Raymond probably has the most interesting where are they now for the night, because uh, like a few other people, he got into, uh, he got elected to the city council. Uh, over where he lives, and uh, he won like initially he won with like seventy two percent of the vote, so he oh. de- it was definitely a squash. Uh, he actually ran unopposed. <laughs> I like, sorry, I like how you're referring to politics as a squash. Well, you have to. I mean, especially when it's wrestling. Uh, he got reelected unopposed, so nice. he was on the city council for a while. Here's an interesting one. He did dip his toe back in the, in wrestling just a little bit. Uh, even though I hear he still does promote shows, actually with Jacques here and oh. there in oh, Canada, nice. but he came back for a house show in Montreal in 1996 no. where he had a boxing match against Owen Hart. What? I know. Why? <laughs> he, t- he did. That is weird. I, I, I found it. <laughs> you can't make that up. All right. But that's what he did. He boxed Owen in 96. I'm sure they thought it was a good idea at the time. Uh, I also found out that he has a, a 23-year-old son now. That makes me feel old. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think this is great. Over in uh, Lac saint jean Quebec... Uh, there was uh, this news story a few years back. Uh, there was, uh, which happens a lot, especially like in places like Canada, and there's a missing guy out in the forest, and he was like a, a guy in his late 70s mm-hmm. who was actually a friend of Raymond's. And the police actually gave up on looking for him. It was like two or three days into a search, and they were like, you know what, he's probably not coming back. We can't find him. Raymond has his pilot's license. He takes it upon himself to get in the plane. He's like, I'm going to find this guy. And you know what? He did. Wow. So Raymond actually saved uh, this guy's life. This guy in his late 70s that was lost in the forest nice. somewhere. And uh, there you go. So Raymond's a hero. Wow. I think he is. That's awesome. That's Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's where are they now? Raymond Rougeau. Thank Sweet. you very much. <laughs> All right. Continuing. Um... The next matchup is kind of a dream match, like, looking back at it. Yeah. Um, and they're uh, Mania debuts. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. Yes. And for, for those of you who have been living on Mars under a rock with your hand <laughs> over your ears, the Blue Blazer was, in fact, Owen Hart. Yes. Uh, you see a little blonde stuff under yeah. the back Was of Owen mouth. wrestling as Owen Hart at the time, or was he just the Blue Blazer? Just the Blue Blazer. Okay. They didn't do that uh, dual identity in WWE. He was Owen Hart in, in Stampede, of course. Yeah. But that that's it. Yeah. Blue Blazer okay. was all Vince. <laughs> I kind of thought that was the case. I was just wasn't sure. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a really good match. Yeah, it's it's really fun to watch. And you know what? They actually do make a point in commentary. The um, Perfect is a little lethargic in the match. And th- I think that's actually, I think they're not off the mark with that. Yeah. Because it's not 
It's oh, not as great, yeah. Mr. Perfect. Bat. It's not as good as it's not as great as it could have been. I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. And they they actually, to be fair, they both seem pretty nervous in the match. Yeah, and that could be the case. I mean, yeah, big deal. So, but that being said, there's still a ton of great spots. Oh yeah, uh, fun match to watch. And uh, you know, it, we're still in. Uh, like I said, this would have been a, a main event on any television show in 1980, yeah. right? And it's cool that they gave them a spot at WrestleMania to do their thing. And uh, it's it's really sad. Blazer will not be back. <laughs> oh, right. WrestleMania. Yeah. Owen will. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I thought the Blazer could have done so much more. I really do. Yeah. But maybe they were like, well, we believe in him enough to take his mask off and right. give him his own yeah. thing. But uh, great match to watch. I always mark out for the backflip at the very beginning of yeah. the matches every yeah. time. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you do get to see Perfect's greatest hits in the match. Yeah. So, uh, he wins he, with the Perfect Plex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he was so great, he didn't even need music. Right? So. Yeah, and that was also the debut of the singlet. I was, yeah, about to say, they were uh, commenting on his wrestling gear. So, yeah, like, was, you think of Mr. Perfect, and that's, you don't think of anything yeah. else besides that, but this was apparently the debut of it. Yeah, because I remember when he did come in, he was just wrestling in regular ass tights, you know, so. Not yeah, ass tights, some of those I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what yeah. else can be said? Like I said, Chris is right. Dream match, especially on paper, uh, is a good match. Uh, and what it would have been, I would have liked to have seen that rematch later a few years down the road at yeah. WrestleMania. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, for like the Intercontinental were, title or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But alas, no. I, think the, I think that's the only time I think that I ever saw them wrestle each other. I wouldn't. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I have to look that one up. Yeah. yeah. And then the next up few segments kind of it's kind of an intermission in a way. Yeah, so. the first of two. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. So, of course, uh, me or um, Jesse has to get. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Jesse sure. has to get his introduction and pose and everything. Yeah, exactly. So they do that, and then they do this thing where Fuji is uh, this like recorded segment where oh, uh, the Mr. 5K Fuji one. is running the five k. Yeah, and uh, but they didn't show the. They didn't show the thing, and yeah. I've seen footage of it too. He gets. I've in a, seen it too. Yeah. yeah, he gets in a rickshaw and yeah. the, the guy, like, so he cheats basically. Yeah. But they didn't show it, which is no. weird because that that was hilarious. Because I don't remember where I've seen that now, but I, mean, I have seen it. That's one of those things. I think that might be on the Coliseum video version, Maybe but it's so. not on this because they're showing the pay per view broadcast on these discs. Yeah. So I think the Coliseum video version actually has the rickshaw. That may thing. be right because I I if know I've it, seen it, and the only other re- place I could have maybe seen it was like that WrestleMania all day long they did. Maybe they did it then. Yeah. Or any of those. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of that they may have shown it. Yeah. So. That's good. If anybody has a copy of WrestleMania all day long, by yeah. the way. I used to. Uh, I please. I, I lost one of the tapes yeah. or got damaged or something. So, yeah. yes, please, please uh, email us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. And what, what WrestleMania was that? That was 2000. 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a ways to go, for sure. Um, but doesn't lead into the match. That's the weird no. thing. We're going to have a concert next. Yeah. And next, <laughs> which we were referring to earlier, um, uh, Run DMC is yeah. uh, playing. I don't, I don't remember what song they played now. Yeah, I, uh, WrestleMania rap, wasn't it? It was the WrestleMania yeah. rap, and it was just this uh, something they probably wrote in five minutes, yeah. which is fine. And like that means that playing, and like we got to do something for this show. Yeah, but. I'm a big Run DMC fan, but yeah. uh, you know, it's they're definitely. It's weird. It's weird to think about this, but rap was still very much like not happening, not like not yeah. happening on a, on a mainstream level. Right. It still wasn't massively mainstream. It just started to get played on MTV at and, this time. Yeah, and this wasn't. This was. Before, like the Aerosmith run DMC. Actually, it's a couple it? of years after. Was it? Oh, and they right. had some hits, but it's still this weird it's thing that 
It's it, like mm-hmm. today. It's like they, they all have. They're all moguls and stuff. Yeah. But, but back then, like Run DMC was the biggest act in rap, and still is one of the biggest ones of all time. They're yeah. in the freaking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But yeah. it's it's still a weird, cutting edge booking to have Run DMC uh, at the thing. It's a, a lot of people don't maybe realize that nowadays. I but wouldn't that was realize the case. that. Yeah. yeah, and they don't get a great response. No, they that's don't. the other thing. <laughs> yeah. that, that's another that's another thing. Like a lot of people still hating rap at the time. Yeah. So, some people still hate it, and that's 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 their yeah, opinion. But uh, yeah. you know, I, I have no issue with the Run DMC. And I know DMC is a big wrestling fan, and that actually won't be the last time that Run DMC uh, darken a WrestleMania. So <laughs> yes. I'm not even uh, I'm not even going to do where are they now on them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then finally, we're like working our way up to this this next match. Um, Demolition cuts a promo. So yes, and yeah, typical screaming and makeup over mustaches. And, and all the all the hits of demolition. talking about Fuge the Stooge that yeah. was always their thing whenever they were feuding against Powers yeah. of Pain they would yell it at him during a match. I uh, I'm a little critical of this match, especially as much as I I was a big fan of Demolition. And actually, uh, I guess this would be the time for me to mention it because I know we talked about it when we were watching the show together. Mm-hmm. But this is how weird this was for me when I was a kid. I. The first, probably the first time I ever watched a show top to bottom, the first team I saw was Powers of Pain. It was on All American Wrestling, and they were they killed off these prelim guys, and they were so fun to yeah. watch. So when they sided with Fuji, I thought Fuji was doing a babyface turn. <laughs> right. This is how my mind works. Right. And uh, so I was actually when this match was happening, I was in the Powers of Pain corner. <laughs> That was my oddball yeah. pick at the time, but right. at the time it seemed perfectly logical because I hated demolition. Still. Right, I did not come. You didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't go to their side. I sided with Fuji because huh? I was like, "Hey, they turned the how, how dare how dare they do that to Fuji? Fuji's right. a big reason why they're so successful." <laughs> and I was awesome. like, "Those those ingrates." <laughs> I really thought that. And I yeah. love Powers of Pain. They were so fun to watch, especially yeah. when they put them against the jobbers. Oh well, yeah. Just- yeah, squashing. Yeah, so I was all, I was like, they can't lose. They got Fuji's going to be uh, it's, it's a okay. handicap thing. I was like, they got this is a lock, right? So are you supremely disappointed in the outcome of this match? Yes, uh, but as the summer rolled around, Demolition started wrestling people that weren't the powers of pain. I was like, oh, <laughs> These, like, oh they, wait a minute. <laughs> once they started wrestling the Brainbusters and people like that, I was like, oh, yeah. so now they're good guys. Like that that's that's what I thought. Yeah. So Yeah, and this was actually a uh tag title match. So the yeah. first title match of the night, um Powers of Pain versus Demolition. Hey, so, the yeah. first and last time they did this at a WrestleMania, isn't it? What? Like a three on two handicap rule for the tag belt? I mean Oh that, yeah, yeah, you're right. That has to be the only time they've done that. I can't yeah, I, there's I really don't think that happened again. Yeah. And uh I'm going to harken back to something else that happened just right before WrestleMania V, going along with another reason why this match to me is a little bit of a disappointment. Mm. And I think a lot of it probably is Fuji, Mm. Uh, that factor. I think it kind of throws off the chemistry a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Because they have to worry, uh, like, Warlord doesn't have to worry about just tagging the Barbarians. He's got to worry about getting Fuji in the mix. So I think it really actually does throw off the match. Go try to find on YouTube... Uh, just type in, like, Powers of Pain versus Demolition and see if you could find the match that took place about a month before this. Mm. It's really, really good. I can imagine, yeah. Like, it's it's really cool to watch, and uh, it's got I mean, it's it's got kind of a, a crap finish, but 
the whole match before all that, it's really cool. And that really could have and should have been the match they had at WrestleMania. No. So that, to me, is why this match is, loses a little bit of its star. Um, but, it was uh, still a fun match, though. Yeah, it's fun. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And uh, But, uh, yeah, and at the time I was super disappointed, but now it's fine. Yeah. Demolition yeah. retains with the demolition device. Yeah, axe pinning Fuji. Yeah, and I don't think either of them were legal at the time either. That was a thing I think yeah, it was like there Smash was and Warlord big, yeah, were legal or something. I, I kind of lost track this last time we were watching it, but I think you're kind of right. Yeah, I remember that uh, pretty well. They just pinned Fuji and they allow it. And I'm like, but he but he wasn't legal. Whatever, just just go with it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We got to move on here. <laughs> um, and then okay, so Macho Man. He refuses to talk, so this is the first of a few segments with, with Tony Schiavone. Yeah, I've Tony Schiavone is on isn't going to refuse to talk yeah, right? to him. <laughs> Send Sean Mooney back here. I'll talk to that guy, not you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then next up was Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin versus Ronnie Garvin. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Yeah, yeah. Former NWA champion, a less than about two years from there. Yeah. And... Uh, I think it's one of those instances, the conspiracy theory, that Vince signs the, the NWA champions just to kind of bury them. Yeah. Hey, you could right, make that yeah. case for Ronnie Garvin. You can make that case a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and there's and there's nothing wrong with this match. And actually, both guys very solid in the match. I've uh, always liked Dino Bravo. I, I've probably yeah. mentioned that on previous WrestleMania house shows. But yeah. And we he, might continue Yeah, because well, I remember last, on this, I think on this last one, I was saying, yeah, as a kid, I hated the guy, yeah. but I enjoyed his matches. Yeah. And I knew that I enjoyed his matches, so I always look forward to him. Yeah. It's weird. And, uh, weird and, for a kid. You yeah, know? exactly. A finishing move that is bo- used by so many people nowadays and is so not a finishing move anymore, but the side slam. Yeah. <laughs> right. He beats uh, Garvin in about four minutes, maybe. It yeah. might even be like a three and a half minute match. And that's thanks to Frenchie Martin. Yeah, so. it's about three minutes. Yeah, Bravo know. gets the pin. One, two, three. But post-match shenanigans are abound. Yeah. And uh, Garvin gets a hold of Frenchie Martin. Bravo takes off or something. Yeah. And he Garvin stomps. Or yes. as you kids know it nowadays, the Orton, Orton stomp. stomp. Yeah. But uh, Garvin got, gets it right. He gets every major body <laughs> right. part top to bottom. Yeah. you got to see Garvin do it. Trust me on this one, okay? <laughs> but... uh uh, apparently, Garvin stomped Frenchie Martin out of the business completely. <laughs> right. Because, weirdly enough, Frenchie Martin, before he was a manager in WWE, actually started off as an enhancement talent, which is the politically correct way to say it. Really? Uh, and then afterwards, uh, Bravo ditches Frenchie for Jimmy Hart by the summer. Uh, he traded up, yeah. He did trade up, that's for damn sure. Uh, but then Frenchie's back to being an uh, enhancement uh, wrestling guy again really? just for a few months. I don't ever remember seeing a I, I remember match. seeing a couple of guys beat him, but it wasn't you know he wasn't on a lot. Yeah. But that was pretty much it. He retired uh, by a year from then, mm. so he was retired in 1990, and he really didn't do anything else yeah. in the business. So I I found nothing on Frenchie Martin. Let's just yeah. say, uh, but also the other person in this segment, Rugged Ronnie Garvin, that will be his first and last WrestleMania. Oh. Uh, so Garvin, uh, they do this bit after WrestleMania five where he wrestles Greg and Hammer Valentine. And it's like a loser leaves match, yeah. and uh, he loses and he's fired, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But then Jack Tunney brings him back. Jack Tunney was the president, yes. quote unquote, yeah. once again of the WWF at the time. Brings him back as a referee uh, because they need a referee that will really enforce the rules. Sure. Basically, Ronnie Garvin just made sure that the the cheaters really wouldn't cheat. 
And so he became kind right. of a homer ref for the good guys. A biased babyface ref. A very biased babyface ref. Weird. I don't. <laughs> they did that the whole summer, dude. Yeah. So and he's. I don't. That doesn't really work for me. And uh, if you want to go see a prime example of of this storyline, go look up uh, the Saturday Night's Main Event match that Greg Valentine has against Superfly Jimmy Snuka yeah. with Ronnie Garvin as the referee. He punches Valentine directly in the face when he <laughs> pushes him, and then he turns around and Snuka high-cross bodies him for the win. <laughs> that was the story of Ronnie Garvin's I don't, ref. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I understand a a heel-biased ref, but a babyface, like cheating out the bad guys? He, like, he does. What's the, what's the point of he that? He does it every time. And when the guy gets caught putting his foot on the ropes, he disqualify him or whatever. So if you're if you're a fan and you're cheering for that, like, you're a hypocrite. Cause it's, yeah, yeah, it's basically. Weird. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But based on that punch in the match, yeah. uh, uh, he gets suspended and fired as a referee. Good, he deserves it. Valentine <laughs> apparently uh, goes to Jack Tunney and demands that he be reinstated as a wrestler so they can have their matches. Right. Uh, it, it it takes literally another six months for them to actually pay off this feud really? for no reason. Dang. Uh, and well, everything it, took a lot longer back then. So. Yeah. So Royal Rumble 1990, they pay off the match in a submission match with the uh, the figure four versus the reverse figure four that <laughs> Ronnie Garvin has already Dang. mastered by this time. All right. And... Uh, since Valentine was wearing the shin guard, uh, yeah, Garvin yeah, he was started, wearing that in this WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Garvin started wearing uh, his own shin guard called the Hammer Jammer. Not even kidding, you can't make this up. Okay, I'm doing too much on this feud. But um, the other thing about Garvin is uh, he well, he was pretty much gone from WWF by spring 1990. After that, pretty much. Yeah, uh, a couple of things I found about him. He has a couple of car dealerships like out in the Carolinas, All right. which is something if you're either ex-wrestler or ex-football player, you, you get into a lot of Apparently, times. Apparently, yeah. And, uh, but here's something interesting. And I, I always wondered what his relationship with Jimmy Garvin was or if there was one at all. Mm. I found that Jimmy Garvin is actually his stepson, which wow. that's interesting enough. But both of them have commercial and instrument ratings for single-engine and multi-engine uh, planes. They have pilot license to do More both pilots. of them. They're both pilots. <laughs> we have pilots all over the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, Ronnie Garvin is also a, a a pilot, and he will fly your private plane out, you know. <laughs> all right. If the price is right, I guess. When I, when I get my private plane, I'll, I'll call him up. Yeah, if, 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 if you don't weigh too much, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because they're not massive, but uh, single in, single engine oh. you can't be too heavy, you know. Okay. <laughs> so the twin towers will not be uh, making the. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, moving on because I don't want to get into bad jokes. Uh, but that's it. That's Ronnie Garvin and Frenchie Martin. There you go. All right. No, we're halfway we done. Got a lot out of that match. I didn't think expect to get that much out of that match. That was way longer than yeah. the match itself. <laughs> Thank know. you. Yes. Um, next was the Brainbusters, the team of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with Bobby Heenan. Versus um, Strike Force. Uh, Strike Force, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Who had Chico. D- just reunited uh, pretty much right before that, and they had a couple of matches, and they go right into this thing. And uh, I guess the story was Martel, his back was injured, and I think they gave the credit to Demolition in that and subsequent rematches mm-hmm. after yeah. they lost the title. Yeah. And uh, so that was it. They were showing no signs of rust or anything, and they were back. And I was excited because, actually, before I became a fan, I heard a lot of my friends talk about Strike Force, so yeah. I was actually excited to see them. Yeah. But I never got to see them, <laughs> at least not that time. Right, yeah. Because uh, 
it, it, it's going so well too. This is gonna. This has all the makings of a classic yeah. tag team encounter. You have uh, the fun double teaming baby faces and the strike forces versus the ultra despicable double teaming yeah. brain busters. Just Hall of Fame city right there. Right. So fun to watch, and it's still fun to watch. Yeah, it's a really good match. It's one of those matches that even though you know there is a finish, yeah. it's a dubious finish in a sense. But it's yeah. more Martell's oh, yeah. fault, obviously, storyline-wise, than anything else. Of course it is, yeah, because uh, they're going at it, and um, at one point in the match, Tito goes for his like flying forearm, and whoever he's going after, I think it's Blant Tully, I think so. and uh, he gets out of the way and ends up hitting Rick Martell, uh, Tito yeah. does. Yeah. And so when Tito's in trouble, he goes for the tag, Martell refuses and walks away. Yeah. And so Santana is left to fend for himself, gets yeah. a spike pile driver, oh, yeah, is destroyed, and gets pinned by Arn Anderson. Yeah. So, and, 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 and it's one of those things like, I, so, so sad. That is the only WrestleMania that has Tully and Arn as a tag team. Ah, yeah. One of my all time favorite teams. Just, just even watching them in this match, you can get an idea of how truly great they are. Yeah. Just but, seamless. Just, it's all, everything just comes naturally. You know? Yeah. They're like, they're like, it's one brain in there. Yeah. Busters. Part, nice. part of the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's Bobby Heenan's record by this time tonight? He's got, uh, he's like one for one, right? Cause, uh, yeah, because Haku lost. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's loving it on this one. Uh, Brainbusters, at least they can go out as undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to, uh, well, yeah, I guess Martel cuts a heel promo backstage with uh, Mean Gene, and uh, Mean Gene gets so fed up that he actually literally cuts him off in mid-sentence. Yeah. He, leave. <laughs> he kicks him out of the interview yeah. room. <laughs> I thought that was great. So yeah, he was just basic turn on your partner promo is like yeah. he got what he deserved it's yeah. it's his fault i'm tired of carrying this guy like yeah <laughs> like, all, all of all the these two matches yeah yeah <laughs> I right didn't even, i didn't even want to be in this team right you know force me to do it blah 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 i think but, that was uh, another thing doesn't um totally blanchard's not coming back is he no he's not uh they had a great run in 1989 as the brain busters they were the team that actually knocked demolition off uh demolition were the longest tag reigns of all time and they beat uh, they they beat Demolition in a two out of three fall heartbreaker on Saturday Night's uh-huh. main event. A uh, little bit thanks to Andre the Giant too. I remember that, and I hated them for it. I hated them for years <laughs> for that. I I love them now once again, yeah. but uh, just despicable. Great year for them. It's one of those things. It was a get in and get out year. They were yeah. there the whole year, and then by the end of November they were gone. Uh, even more so totally, and I'm not talking out of school here, I don't get too scandalous with my where are they now, because I could, but I don't, All right. but I'm not talking out of school here, because Tully's admitted this, it's been on DVDs, uh, Tully, he tested positive for cocaine yeah. in late 89, so they just fired him straight up, yeah. uh, he didn't even get to wrestle on Survivor Series to pay off the oh, Rockers feud, uh, Heenan wrestled in his place in Survivor Series right. 89, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, but here's the here's the other thing that really sucked, especially for Arn Anderson. I mean, he he really screwed it up for Arn too, and that's the thing that stinks when you're a tag team. You got You can't you can't be that selfish, man. Yeah. You know, and Arn Anderson, he's doing fine. Totally messes up. Anderson had booked a deal with Flair to come back to the NWA with Tolly, mm-hmm. and this was going to be massive for them because they had just had this great year, and their stock was like as high as it ever been. They come back. Conquering heroes, basically. Yeah. Like we took their best and we did it all, and now we're just back here because this oh. is our home. That would have yeah. been perfect. Yeah. 
Arn has to come back just by himself, no tag team. So he has to kind of build his singles right, career up. Yeah. So he's and he just screws it all up. Wow. And uh, that was that was really what happened. I mean, totally, he didn't. He, he had this great bargaining deal. They didn't even offer him a job even later, yeah. you know, just because of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those things. And he realized uh, apparently he realized a few years afterwards that he had done pretty bad. Uh, he kind of went the DBIC Terry Taylor route, uh, born again Christian. Uh, even more so, uh, he apparently Tully's big on the prison ministry circuit. Uh-huh. That's his thing. He likes going to the prisons and doing it. So that's a, no, that's right. an interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Uh, Wrestling-wise, he uh, actually wrestled Terry Funk in the early 90s uh, on WCW Slamboree pay-per-view, one of the oh. first ones. Uh, he even had a, uh, a one-off match in ECW with Shane Douglas and went to a tie limit draw in 1995. Oh. I'd like to see that yeah. match. I bet that's a good yeah. wrestling match. And uh, if you remember this, when we were going to those NWA shows in North Richland Hills in the late 90s, they used to have flyers up for this, but he yeah. was an NWA tag champion in 1998 with Barry Windham. Oh, wow. Uh, they had the titles then. We didn't get to see him wrestle, yeah. but they used to have their flyers up as champions wrestling at other big shows. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, Vaguely uh, remember that, one. So little things like that. Um, he was a he was a very short-lived backstage producer for WWE, but uh, apparently him and JBL don't like each other, and that's <laughs> all I'm going to say about all that. Right. JBL... You crack me up, man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, but on a positive note, Tully Blanchard did get to finally reunite with Arn Anderson when they got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame along with the rest of the four horsemen, Barry right. Windham, Ric Flair, and J.J. Dillon in 2012. Nice. So, yeah. Brain Busters, once again, undefeated at WrestleMania. Want to know. <laughs> um, alright, so after that uh, Another break in the wrestling Massive um, break yeah. <laughs> um, The Piper's Pit, actually With yeah. um, The three greatest talkers of 1989 In one segment yeah, And I'm, right. not, even, I'm not even kidding Yeah, no <laughs> um, One of the celebrity guests One of the few celebrity guests, actually, on the show tonight, mm-hmm. too um, But Brother Love comes out in a, in That's a, the celebrity? Yeah, he, no, we're getting to that um, <laughs> Brother Love comes out in a skirt not yes, killed an actual uh, skirt. Yeah, an actual plaid skirt, and he's he's basically taken over the Piper's Pit. Even though you had said that it was Piper's, he was actually they booked this in advance as a guest, and they everybody's told us like, all this. yeah, and everybody's like, what is Brother Love doing out here? Why is he coming out? <laughs> yeah, but he kind of tries to take over. He does a he does a pretty good Piper impression. Yeah, uh, I I would say the 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 ranking. If I had to rank Piper impersonators, yeah, number one is Matt Stryker. And a very close number two is actually Tom Pritchard, not Brother Love, Bruce oh, right. Pritchard. Yeah. If you've ever, go watch some Tom Pritchard promos back when he was in Smoky Mountain and yeah. Global. Yeah. He's doing Piper as himself. It's that uh, blatant. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> that's all he did. Yeah. But yeah, and I think Bruce pretty much just knows how to do it based on hanging out with yeah. his brother. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Right. But he does a very good job. Don't right. get me wrong. <laughs> Pretty good. So, I don't know yeah. how he takes the glasses off and becomes Piper right. for a second, but he kind of did. He almost he had yeah. that projection there almost. Yeah. So he's basically there's the three stools out there, and he's <laughs> sitting in one, and he's interviewing Piper as Brother Love, and yes. then he gets up, takes a seat on the seat next to it, and he's responding as Piper talking to Brother Love. So pretty entertaining, yeah. actually. Yeah, I liked it. And then they introduce the uh, Mort- celebrity guest, yeah. who is Morton Downey Jr. Yes. Who, if you were alive at the time, you know who this guy is. Yeah. So. 
And uh, he's he's actually not with us anymore. But I yeah. he, apparently they just put out a documentary about his life. Yeah, so I, I, I haven't seen that, but I heard of it, and it was pretty recent, like a year or so ago, I think. Yeah, I, I liked. I remember one of the few uh, Morton Downey shows I actually caught back in the day when I was a kid, yeah. and I wasn't political at all. Yeah. But I remember him going on the air, and actually uh, the two candidates in '88 were Bush and Dukakis, and he yeah. called them both wimps. <laughs> right. And I was like, I thought you had to like either one or the other. <laughs> right. That blew my mind. <laughs> like he really like. Anyway, yeah. all that being said, but yeah, Morton Downey Jr. was basically he had this. He was like one of the shock talk show hosts back yeah. before it was cool to be a shock yeah. talk shock talk show host. It's hard to say. So that's a tough And uh, so basically, really late at night on like Saturday nights, I think. It was like syndicated stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't air it earlier because it was, it was it was controversial. Yeah. Because he would, he, like, him and Geraldo would yeah. do the same kind of shows, but I think, Morton took it way over. In the same way that Phil Donahue ripped, uh, got ripped off by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Completely oh, stole completely. Morton Downey's yeah. bit. But with Morton, he he was very antagonistic yeah. towards everybody. Yeah, like he wanted people to hate him and hate each yeah. other. And he actually brought his he brought his gay brother on yeah. the show and 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 tore him down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So he he was an unpleasant guy, but he was one of those guys. He did it on purpose to get people to watch because yeah. it was. And he was a chain smoker, like just yeah. on the show, like you never saw him without. It's like literally chain smoking. And so. I do believe. If I'm not mistaken, this has to be the only WrestleMania person in WrestleMania history that has ever yeah. smoked in the ring. I would think and so, yeah. I think he's the only guy that ever smoked in a WWE yeah. ring ever. Because Truth did it outside the ring. I was thinking about uh, this the other day. Yeah. Truth did it outside the ring at that London show. Yeah, yeah. They did that just because you can't smoke in London. Right. That was a big deal. But, uh, you know, besides uh, the giant smoking in WCW... Uh, but that's WCW. Yeah, right. Sandman and ECW. Yeah. He didn't smoke in WWE. Right. I think that's the only time. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I want you, you guys right. to dig out there, I think yeah. it's the only smoking that's ever happened yeah. inside a WWE ring. And so they they had his own personal ashtray out there with like the plaid, <laughs> uh, like the plaid skirt ashtray. On it. And it's I think it's those ashtrays that we alluded to at WrestleMania four yeah. that were like just in the front right. of the entrance yeah, areas. And then okay, so they got these guys <laughs> in the ring, and Piper finally comes out, and he. He goes towards Brother Love first. He's going to deal yeah. with Brother Love first. So yeah. he's talking about him. like He like tries to lift up his skirt and is making fun of him and everything and getting yeah. him even redder in the face. Yeah. And all the while, Morton Downey Jr. is sitting over there. He's smoking, but he's taking cigarettes and tossing them at, at both uh, Brother both Love guys. and Piper. And he gets Piper in the head like twice. Yeah, and occasionally Piper will just stop and just turn and stare. And he, it really looks like he's getting under his skin. It yeah. looks like he's starting to get pretty... Yeah, angry for real. And I think Piper, during this time, the first time he kind of touches Brother Love, yeah. Brother Love goes for him for a second. Yeah. And then Piper utters probably the greatest sentence in <laughs> WrestleMania history. You, yeah. No, you please. <laughs> if you do that again, I'll bite your face off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so. in mid-sentence, and he, yeah, Brother Love touches his kid. I'll bite your face off if you do that yeah. again. <laughs> wow. Just, just, and then he just goes back to what he's doing. Yeah. And then in the programming version, note, yeah, in the version that we watched, the DVD release, like you pointed out, at yeah. some point during this, Brother Love is just gone. He's just yeah. not there anymore. He finds the old Jim Cornette trap. Yeah, the, the teleporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You have to be a really old wrestling house show listener to appreciate that one. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, go go find the unedited segment because uh, it's it's latently homosexual. 
and, and kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. But he basically just uh, he basically de-skirts Brother Love, and uh, Brother Love runs up the ramp in yeah. shame. And I, I remember his underwear was red because there was a joke about that. But uh, that I, I don't know why they would edit something like that. That is, I mean, the the yeah. continuity is terrible on yeah. the DVD version yeah. just for that alone. Yeah. I mean, blur it out, do what you got to do. But right, I don't I, understand why they would do that either. Yeah. I mean, it can't be for time because you have to flip the disc over anyway, so yeah. they have plenty of space on there. I don't is, know. Is it like rapey or something? I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. I need to go. Wow, that's a, that's a word I won't use too often on the series. <laughs> I hope so. I, you hope so, huh? <laughs> I hope you don't use it. Oh, okay, weird. thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go back and watch it now. Yeah, that really bothered me. I'm like, he's just gone. He's yeah. he's, he's, he's out of there. So. And that after he teleports out of the ring, he's uh, Piper is now pretty much in Morton's face, and yeah. they're like face to face, and yeah. and Morton Downey Jr. is just he's just smoking, and Piper's talking to him, like saying, "Don't blow, no yeah. more smoke in my face, because yeah, that's one of Downey. Things, that's one of the things he used to do on his talk show was he yeah. would blow smoke in guest's yeah. face, and um, he was telling him to zip it, which was like yeah. his catchphrase, yeah. and. So he's just, he, he made me angry. Like, all these years later, watching that, I'm like, I, you just want to punch the guy. Yeah. And, and so you can imagine that Piper is, he, like I said, he looks like he's generally getting a little hot. But at the end of the day, Morton was a great sport about oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, don't blow the smoke in my face, don't blow the smoke in my face. And then he does it one more time, yeah. and then Piper just all of a sudden goes, you know what? I like it. Yeah. Give me one of them smokes. Yeah. Of course. They still show this on WrestleMania Rewind. Yeah. Like, every year when Manny comes yeah. around, they'll show Roddy Piper uh, putting that fire extinguisher right in Morton's face <laughs> yeah. and then putting it up his butt. <laughs> Which, to yeah. me, if we're talking about the last thing being edited right. off, that might be just a tad more scandalous, but that's just me. Yeah. It's way funnier. Yeah, because <laughs> Morton's going for the cigarette and he does the thing where he has to, for some reason, turn his back on Piper while he's yeah. doing it. He's looking at the crowd and like, yeah, I got a cigarette, haha, it's going to be great. And when he turns around, Piper has already pre-placed a fire extinguisher like uh, in the ring, so he gets it in the face. Morton goes down, and then he just, like, gets him all around, and then a couple times, yeah, he jams it, like, right up his crotch. It's, like, right there. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got this big white spot all over his crotch afterwards. And then everybody rejoiced, and it was... It's a great segment. It was yeah, just like it was entertaining. Yeah. Un- unlike the trailer for No Holds Barred, and that's yeah, about all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. The best part about that is Ventura going crazy and leaving the booth afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we finally get back to another uh, wrestling match. Um, Andre oh, the Giant. Huh? All right. Yeah. Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan versus Jake Roberts with Damian. And the special referee is Big John Stud. Yes. So a callback to WrestleMania 1. Yeah. So, the big body slam challenge match. It's time for some revenge, maybe? We'll see. <laughs> revenge, maybe. We'll but see. You should, you should write, like, promos for shows. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> all I don't know. Uh, but uh, the whole bit, the, the feud is uh, Andre is deathly afraid of snakes. Yeah. Uh, John Studd's not too hot about him either, but uh, it's this weird thing because he's, he's, like, saying, I'm not a big Jake Roberts guy, but I, I don't like Heenan anymore either. Yeah. So Jack Tunney and his infinite wisdom yeah. booked him as a special ref because he won the Royal Rumble, but they yeah. still couldn't figure out what to do with him. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, there, you, thing, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So and we start off the match. The the probably the oddest opening maybe in the history of uh, any WrestleMania match. They start off, and I'm still trying to solve this mystery. There's no turnbuckle pad. 
Yeah. It's just it's it's, it's just gone. And like even I, the first shot is him just bashing Roberts' yeah. head into the turnbuckle. And I we've watched it a few times. I didn't think to like watch specifically for it. There's yeah. no I don't see where it comes off. Yeah. I'm going to put it on Heenan. I think yeah, it it must have been. It had to have been. <laughs> So, I mean, you could have done any time during Jake Roberts' entrance because all eyes yeah. are on him. So, sure. it's I mean, like a magician, a sleight of hand. It's like, look over yeah. here, and I'm gonna do something over here. Another WrestleMania mystery. Yeah, <laughs> where is George Steele? George Steele got, took the turnbuckle. That's that's <laughs> what he did. He he's been under the ring the whole year, <laughs> he or he's just been looming looming around yeah. uh, Trump like Plaza. Like of the Opera, he shows <laughs> up, eats the turnbuckle pad. That's right. the only possible that's explanation. The, that's the uh, most logical explanation. I think we solved it. Good job. Wow, you should be a detective too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no higher than you know, psych. They're right. Really, so. And so uh, Jake Roberts actually does end up winning this match via disqualification because it's not much of a match either. It's, it's, really. it's really just Andre uh, testing the limits of the five count versus Big John Studd, and right. that's all the drama that's in this match. Because yeah. Roberts does practically nothing in here. I mean, he has yeah. a couple of moves in, but there's it's there's almost not, a squash. I mean, Andre is not doing well at this point, no. so there's not much he can do. Yeah. So his offense is just very choking. Yeah. He even uses a strap to choke him yeah. at one point, and, you know, that that's pretty much the match. Yeah. Uh, at some point, uh, DiBiase shows up. Yeah. That's what we alluded to earlier. He shows up to steal Damien, the snake, out of the bag. He just grabs the bag and then kind of takes off with it up the ramp. Roberts goes after him, and as soon as Stud is distracted by trying to count out Jake Roberts, yeah. which... It actually is helping Andre, yeah, right? But Andre doesn't care. Andre goes for the the double like finger on the yeah. the middle of the throat choke, which always just is, just uh, <laughs> just yeah. looks so real with Andre. Right. And uh, he starts. Start, we get the Woodstock camera too. By the way, we see both things going uh, on yeah, at the same time. Screen, yeah. uh, that's the only way I can really explain it. If yeah. you ever seen the Woodstock movie, <laughs> uh, split cam, and uh, you see both things that are going on. Uh, Jake actually does get the snake back. Uh, because that helps yeah. uh, Stud get out of his predicament. All right. Predicament. Predicament. <laughs> there yes. you go. All right. I'm not afraid of snakes. <laughs> I'm good at tennis. Uh, and uh, Jake Roberts wins via disqualification. Yes. At least we got to see the snake, right? It's WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, sure. Got to do that. At least we got to see the snake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Heenan stands at uh, one and two now. Not a good record. Not a good record so far. We'll, we'll see how the night ends up for him. Second to last time we're doing this tonight. Doing a Where Are They Now on Big John Stud. Uh, basically, uh, after this, he was pretty much gone uh, by the summer of 1989. Yeah. Uh, he actually did appear in a few movies after this. Uh, if any fans of the movie Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, he's in that. <laughs> and uh, he's Who in isn't, this- really? What's that? I said, and who isn't a fan of that, really? <laughs> right. I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. But I, yeah. Was that Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke, I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, there was, he was in this, like, kind of straight-to-video B-movie called Shock 'em Dead with Tracy Lords. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's really bad. It sounds I mean, bad. It, that thing could barely make it on Up All Night back yeah. in the day, I think. I mean, that's how bad it is. Uh, and he was also in a movie called The Marrying Man. I know that was actually in the theaters. So he was in a few movies. Uh, sadly, on March 20th, 1995, he died of uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. No. 
Uh, and uh, so that was it for Big John Studd. Uh, that same year, WCW actually uh, had uh, some of their Hall of Fame entries. They put Stud in there uh, posthumously. His son showed up to induct him, as well as uh, when Big John Stud got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hmm. Uh, I know that his son uh, was on one of the Tough Enoughs, okay. but I don't know anything past that. Yeah. So, but yeah, sadly, Big John Stud not with us anymore, but always and forever. Uh, his legacy being cemented in uh, a couple of WrestleManias, yeah. especially his great moment in two where he uh, took out the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's always got that. Yeah. He'll always have that. Yeah. Well, uh, and then after, so after that match, we cut up to the crowd and Sean Mooney sitting out with the crowd. And as Krusty would say, this is always death. <laughs> it's always death. Yeah. And the drunk guy. Yeah, so he's... At least at WrestleMania 9, I think it's still Mooney yeah. at this point. It's a toga party. Guys are supposed <laughs> right. to be drunk. Yeah. This is just... He's had no luck tonight. Yeah. So he's asking him about, like, the match. And the guy's like, Jake's the best. And yeah, that's about all he gets out intelligibly. Yeah. So He kind of mean jeans him. And rightfully yeah. so. And Sean is just... He, you can see he's, like, he's given up. It's like, yeah. Ugh, this is this is just it's almost over. It's almost over. Yeah. But he's not done for the night. I could just see him like because I was he was always the event center guy yeah. on my television shows. Yeah. So I I just see them cut to him in there and he's just got both his hands on his head like Al Bundy. Yeah. Just like oh god. <laughs> and then after that uh, we mentioned uh, this lady earlier. Uh, Sherry is in the back and Hall of Famer, sensational yes. Sherry. Yes, yes. Okay. And they're um I think it's Shivani actually is is interviewing her. Yeah. And she basically just cuts a promo where she she doesn't talk about the title, she doesn't talk about Rock and Robin. Well and she her, does. She, she actually she says does. she can't yeah. sing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she makes fun of she her does, singing, which right. is great. And then she says, uh you're as bad of a singer as you are a wrestler. Yeah. But I'm still gonna beat you for it anyway. Right. Yeah. But not tonight. And Not then she that. then she laughs about Elizabeth's predicament with the yeah. uh, mega powers exploding. So. Plan seeds, yeah. Because literally, like I think they go and do TV like a day or so after, mm. and that's when uh, she shows up with Savage. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't remember when that happened. Yeah, yeah it was right after. So they were planting seeds for that. They already knew what was going on for nice. sure. So and then that leads right into the next match: uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine with the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart, or actually they're tag teaming. Yes. Uh, versus the Hart Foundation. Yes, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, Knight Hart, uh, along with the Rockers, tie with my favorite tag team at that time. Yeah, for me too. sure. Yeah. Uh, just fun to watch. And this is a really good match, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not historical in any way. It's yeah. just a really good, solid tag team match. Uh, you see some great classic Hart Foundation moves in there. I always freaking loved the Anvil slingshot uh, shoulder thing. Yeah, and Sheamus does that now. Yeah. But uh, I loved it because Brett would always throw the guy into the ropes and then launch Anvil. Yeah. So the, the, it was like a double impact thing. Right. My favorite, uh, the, probably my favorite move of the whole match. But uh, yeah. uh, it was it was a very fun match. There, and, were, there uh, were a lot of uh, atomic drops and inverted atomic drops early yeah. in that match. That's very much a yeah. Brett thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the reverse atomic drops actually one of his uh, moves of death. Yeah. So uh, here's an interesting fact. Okay. What was the finish in that match, Chris? Uh, it was the megaphone. Bret Hart hit um, the Honky Tonk Man over the head with the megaphone. Yeah. So the two times that the Hart Foundation have teamed up so far in WrestleMania, because, you know, the other ones, it was the Battle Royal. Right. And then there was another Battle yeah. Royal. Yeah. They won with the megaphone, <laughs> yeah. but they were on a different side yeah. each time. So there <laughs> oh, you go. That's that's interesting. Yes. Will they uh, get to use a foreign object in next year's WrestleMania? We'll have to tune in to find out. <laughs> 
I know the answer. But uh, yeah, like I said, solid match, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, I, that's something I've noticed is that as we're rewatching these again and it's fresh in the mind, like WrestleMania does tag team wrestling pretty well. Yeah, like we we're saying like oh, like a lot of these matches, like yeah, we haven't had any like the, do the worst matches. Yeah, the worst matches we've had have usually been singles matches. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just one of those things. There's just not to that. I don't know. They they just don't seem to do much tag team wrestling anymore. WrestleMania. Yeah. That's really what's missing nowadays. Yeah, I'll say it over and over again. <laughs> I don't know if that's because we're like biased towards tag team wrestling or what, but tag I'm going to say no. <laughs> but we're not yeah. biased. You know, the thing that's great about tag team is that they don't even mention stuff. There's way more off, you know, there's way more different chances of different kinds of offense. Right. Yeah. Keeps it fresh all the Bikey time. stuff happening, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, next up is the second of three title matches for the night. Um, Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus the champion at the time, the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. And, uh, you know, especially as a kid, I was like, well, this is going to be a rollover. Right. I mean, Rick Rude had done a few things, so he was... He was believable for me, but I'm like, in no way in hell yeah. was Ravishing Rick Rude going to actually take the Intercontinental right. title. They're crazy. Yeah. Anybody that thinks otherwise. Yeah. I'm like, Jesse, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind, yeah. sir. Rick Rude showing that uh, he uh, should definitely be in the Hall of Fame at this point, and sadly he's still not. Yeah. He's going to be. He has to be. Any guy that shows up for his title match wearing the belt yeah. on his trunks of a title he hasn't even won yet. <laughs> right. I'll shake your hand for that yeah. one. Yeah. So of course Rick Rude always has the airbrush tights and on the back he's got this cartoon warrior like so that they zoom in on his butt a couple times yeah, for I never it. understand. Is this because he's on his butt? Is is that like is that why? I don't know. But then on the front side he does have the intercontinental title like just all over his crotch. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're looking at his crotch and his butt like pretty much through the whole match. He does that on purpose, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a good match. And yeah. I was, well, the best I was, warrior matches you're ever going to find. Yeah. He still screws up a lot of things. Yeah. But, but it's still one of his better matches. It's, it's really entertaining. Yeah. It's one of the it best is. matches on the show. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it really is. It really is. And I mean, I was of course, huge warrior fan at the time. So yeah, this was an absolute injustice. Yeah. And, uh, I can't believe the referee didn't see Bobby Heenan. <laughs> He saw him. He totally did second. see him. Because um, Rick Rude is on the apron, and Warrior grabs him to pull him in with a suplex. He pulls him up. Bobby Heenan uh, trips the Ultimate Warrior. Um, he practically DDTs Rick Rude on the way down, it yeah. looks like. But Rick Rude lands sideways on him, so he's got a cross on top of him. Morella, um, the referee, yes. he he's, look, he's looking right at him, I He swear. goes from the opposite side yeah. of the shoulder to the other side. Yeah. Facing the apron the entire time. Yeah. And then he turns completely around so his back is to, to Heenan. Yeah. Just obviously to where he can't look at what is happening yeah. over there. So he can just see like the one shoulder and he counts the three. So You know how crazy old man Vince is nowadays. Yeah. You know if that had happened now, he would have fired that guy yeah. the next day. You know yeah. he would have. Yeah. Oh, man. But other than the kind of weird... Finish. It's. Yeah. I mean, if you're not paying attention as closely as we do, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. you're probably not going to be kind of like, uh. Yeah. But it was a really good match. Uh, and that was the first time as a kid I'd ever seen that spot before. Yeah. And I'm sure it'd been done before, maybe a few times before that. But uh, ever since then, I have seen that spot coming from a mile away nowadays. Yeah, right. I always know when it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So that's what makes this really great, especially is that it was really the first for me to do yeah. that. So I. And it's genius. It's yeah. it's. 
pure evil genius. Yeah. I think one of my favorite uh, things in this match, not even a move, it's when um, Ultimate Warrior starts like shaking the ropes to 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 poke up or however he calls it. I don't remember this what doesn't get it. edited off the yeah. DVD either somehow. Because <laughs> Rick Rude is like behind him. Like, yeah, does he have a sleeper or what? I don't remember what. Movie had him yeah, at the time. Or yeah, or something. but then yeah. Warrior's like crawling up the ropes. He has his hands on the second rope on his knees, and Rick Rude has his hands pretty much on the Warrior's hands. Yeah. And so he's like shaking, and they're both shaking ropes, and he's like holding his hand while he's doing it, and they're vibrating. And they're they're bumping yeah. up. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's one of those things. If you that'd be that thing that that someone would walk in on you watching. <laughs> yeah. Like at the time and you're like, "What?" They they'd, oh. they'd open the door and look and then you'd like, "Oh, I watched um and they just turn around and walk away." Yeah. Yeah. That would that would be the thing my mom would see or something. Right. And I'm just like, "No." And to top it uh, off, like the move that he gets rude off of him with is like this big butt bump. He's yeah. <laughs> butt right bump his, to the crotch. Yeah, right in his crotch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think that added to the match too. So. Ravaging Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So afterwards, uh, Warrior obviously knows what Heenan did because he felt it. He gets mad and he does this really ugly like press slam on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he yeah. can't. He can't get Heenan over his head. Really, no. he's like balancing on top of Warrior's he's, head. He can't press him. He's like gassed out. Yeah. As as strong as the Warrior is, he can't press Bobby Heenan that over his head. Was probably actually the longest match the Warrior had done to that point. It's true. He, he blows up on the way to the ring. So. Yeah. And they actually used. I remember they used that footage of referencing on the Warrior DVD yeah. uh, when he had talked about that nobody wanted to work with him because he was just yeah he didn't take care of anybody yeah and he didn't take care of Heenan but luckily oh. Heenan didn't he. I mean, he kind of fell onto Warrior's shoulders, and that kind of broke his fall on the yeah, way down. But, but I think he said he cracked a rib or two, like, he? legitimately. I don't doubt it, yeah. And, the, yeah. and then when Warrior does run up the ramp to get away, he's noticeably slower than when he got through the ring. Uh-huh, so. uh-huh, oh, yeah. But yeah, so that's the Warrior. That's what he does. Heenan getting up to 2-2 two and two for the night, yeah. and uh, he's the only person that can put himself, uh, you know, in the black. Uh, per se. Uh, so it's going to be up to him now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, and we're getting close, but next up is Bad News Brown versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Was yes. there any, was there any like thing leading up to this or? Uh, no, Bad News hates everybody. Uh, Hacksaw didn't have a match. They're going to go with That's that. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, it's a bat. It's battle of the tough guys. Yeah. Just like no holds barred was. And, uh, <laughs> No holes party. I, I, it's relevant. We're <laughs> in '89. I'm not going to reference it past this point because Zeus isn't at WrestleMania six. I thank understand. God. No, no offense to Tiny, but uh, uh, we have this match. And here's the funny thing about it. uh-huh. it's it's this pure six the whole way, like top to yeah, bottom. Right. They sell these guys as two street fighters, right? And I'm sure I've said this about Duggan already, but here's something. Bad News Brown, whatever you want to call him, mm. he's like. He's like a legit judo guy. Right. Hacksaw is a legit amateur, amateur wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. This thing should have been like the early days of the UFC. Right. This thing should have ruled. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they had let him go real, yeah. this would have been the best thing ever. Yeah, and unfortunately it was bowling shoe ugly, to coin a phrase. Yes, so, yeah. thank you, JR. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just ends in... Uh, well, Here's the thing, and here's another thing, it's how much of a bad news fan I am. I always know that he's going to miss the Ghetto Blaster because he bounces off the rope to do it. If he's just standing like Fighter yeah. Hayabusa, right. he's going to get it. Nice. Th- thank you. All right. Yeah, a little pro wrestling there. NES. 
he misses the ghetto blaster. Hacksaw gets the the uh, three point stance clothesline, which yeah. is usually a three count for anybody. But bad news is Wiley enough to roll out of the ring, right. pretty much not sell it. Actually, to yeah, be fair, right. he just he actually lands on his feet, yeah. and goes straight for a chair. Yeah. Uh, Hacksaw sees the chair, grabs his board. They swing for the fences. Double disqualification. Yes. Meanwhile, they actually didn't hit each other with any of it. Not no, because they like were like sword fighting with yeah. them basically, and then. After, if I'm the referee, yeah. if I'm the referee, all right. Bad News Brown wins by disqualification. How do you figure? Because Hacksaw is the only guy that gets a shot in with his weapon. Hacksaw actually clotheslines Bad News with the board True. at the very end once he swats the chair but out of the But that was hand. after he'd already called the match off. I realize this. He did call the match off, but if I'm the referee... You would have let it go until that point? I would have waited for the shot. Until someone actually got hit by something? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's how I wrote. I think wasn't Tim White referring them out? Yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and so, if yeah. anybody should let it go, it should have been You're fighting right. Irish Tim White. Right? Come on now. <laughs> I, I guess maybe he was just afraid of messing up. No, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he he had a job to do and he did it. Yeah. Uh, but that's me. That's my fantasy uh, ref booking I for the match. Bad news should be. Uh, he should have at least a win yeah. in WrestleMania. I agree. Yeah. And then after the match, uh, hacksaw board over his head and. Snot hanging out of his nose, which yes. Jesse was so adamant about talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at that guy. That's disgusting. I wonder if he caught heat from Duggan for uh, that. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Axel seems like a good guy. He yeah. probably just let it go. He probably laughed about it. Yeah, yeah. So that and you would think that that was the the pre-main event bathroom break, <laughs> but they extended it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, they definitely extended it. <laughs> How many people do you think actually took that as the bathroom break, and then they got back for this next match, and they're like, "Oh, what the? <laughs> I'm gonna find something else to do." Here's the thing, man. You know, okay, I I wasn't all in with the Red Rooster even as a kid, right? But any time I would get a chance to see Bobby Heenan get at least hit once, sure. I'm, I'm there. True. So they probably actually enjoyed that. I guess. I'm not even kidding. It's so next, just... next up was a promo with the Red Rooster. Oh. He's talking about the barnyard and <laughs> yeah, stuff. And then <sighs> that's over. And then the match starts. It's Bobby Heenan with the Brooklyn Brawler. You you just gla- you just you just glazed over the fact yeah, that he he uh, or 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 you know like three times yeah. or cackled or whatever whatever yeah. you want to call that. <sighs> I think I said this when we were watching it just now. If if you were me ever ran to Terry Taylor and yeah. he was a douchebag, right. I'm just saying if he was, right. I, I wouldn't. I would not even come on the show and badmouth him. Right. I get it. Right. <laughs> if he's a bitter man now, I yeah. totally get it. Maybe he's not. <laughs> Maybe not. But uh, wow. I'm sure he doesn't want to be reminded about it. I'm sure. Yeah. But do you yeah. remember this back during the Attitude Era on Raw? He was an interview guy yeah. for a few months, and this yeah. is. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit to where are they now, but he back and forth between WWE and WCW so much, it was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. He probably did it more than anybody, right. actually. Yeah. More than Jarrett. That's saying something. Yeah, right. But uh, he, every now and then, I don't know if it was, I don't know if JR and Taylor didn't have, uh, or if they had right. issues, but uh, every now and then when he'd kick it back to the booth, he'd say, thanks, Rooster. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mmm. Yeah. But anyway, this is way more entertaining than the match itself. Right. It was also longer because it was all like 30 seconds. Yeah, literally. Yeah. That's a legit 30 seconds. Right. Not a King Kong Bundy 30 seconds. Yeah. uh, And so Heenan, unfortunately, is under 50% for the night because he loses to the Red Rooster. Yeah. He didn't take a wicked post shot that made a hawk wherever he he was probably in New Orleans that night going, what just happened? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, you have to be a real uh, wrestling geek to get that right. one, but I'm going to let it lay. Uh, the Red Rooster, yeah, puts Heenan in the uh, red for the night, but yes. I think a title win really kind of puts him at 50-50. Um, what do you think? That's fine, whatever. Yeah, you know, Heenan, he deserves it. You know? Yeah. He went out there with busted ribs, thanks to the Ultimate Warrior, and pulling 30 seconds in the ring is still more than True. most people would do. All right. That's yeah, what I gotta got to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of Where Are They Now on Rooster. Uh, 1990, he goes back, and they really try to just, they go complete opposite, right. which is what I would do, too. Yeah. Uh, he basically took over uh, the Alexandra York charge of the York Foundation. He became the tailor-made man, oh, yeah. uh, which was their uh, way of kind of doing uh, the Ted DiBiase gimmick, but in a more, like, Wall Street sense, like what they did with Mike Rotunda's Michael Wall Street, which gave birth to IRS. Yeah. But then IRS moves over to WWE, so they need some new guys. So right. it's it's Terrence Taylor, and uh, we talked about this, uh, Thomas yeah. Rich, Richard Morton, all that yeah. stuff. So he was like the leader of the York Foundation for a while. They did that. It wasn't hugely successful, but I think they got a six-man tag title out of the York yeah. Foundation. And uh, he goes back to WWE in 92. And I'm watching at this time. I completely forgot about this. I completely forgot about them bringing back Terry Taylor's terrific Terry Taylor and giving him a few wins on TV. He was in the Royal Rumble that year. Forgot about that, too. Huh. So, I mean, it's, it was just a blip. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, backstage guy, he wrote scripts and produced segments for Nitro and Raw nice. during the Monday Night Wars, and he literally probably bounced back about six times wow. during that run. Yeah. Just like one year, one year, one year, bum, 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 bum. And that's pretty much what he did after all that, after the dust settled on the Monday Night War. He wound up in TNA, and he was head of talent relations from 2003 to 2011. Kind of, yeah, I remember that. That's a long time to hold a talent relations job in this day and age, but uh, he did it, and he actually brought in some really good people to TNA. You think about the people they did hire, I mean, his record's pretty damn good, I gotta say, on that. yeah, he's he's kind of gone, like I said, the Teddy Biasi, totally Blanchard route, and I think he actually has done a lot of uh, religious shows with Ted DiBiase. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what Taylor is up to. That's the last I heard of him. So, uh, cool. We've Where Are They now the show, Chris, nice. and uh, there's really only one more thing to do yep. as far as talking about matches. It's time for the main event. Yep. Leading up to it, they do talk to Elizabeth really quickly. And she, uh, she's basically just saying she's going to be neutral and she's going to support both. And she looks worried like she always does. So. That, that's the most I've ever... I mean, yeah. that's the most she's <laughs> ever talked and yeah. the most she ever will talk on TV, I think. Yeah. Even when she was talking, like, in WCW. Right. That's the most she's ever talked. Yeah. They even did a bit on Saturday Night's Main Event a month before this with her pondering Gene grilling her on stage. Yeah. About whose corner she was going to be just in. She's silent. She's in... she, she's, it was limited to no's and yeses. Yeah. And actually, I think she just said no like three times in a row. Right. Because she's like, are you going to be in Hulk Hogan's corner? And she goes, no. And then Macho Man comes out and is like, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah. You can't stay away from the madness. <laughs> and then uh, Jean's like, wait a second, but she didn't let her answer. And then yeah. she goes, are you going to be in Macho Man's corner? And she goes, no. <laughs> and then that's all she said. Did she say it like that? Yeah. Well, I like don't the, know. Like the like Paul Bear. <laughs> oh, sorry. She was more like Martin Freeman and Hot Fuzz. She was like, no. <laughs> no. And then right before they match, they cut to the crowd. Sean Mooney, this is the last segment of the night. 
He's like Where's down. Nightshot? Yeah, he's down on the floor, like the, the seats near the ring, and he's. This is the mosh pit segment. Yeah, so he's asking the crowd. Basically, he he gives up trying to like talk to people individually. Yeah. He's asking, you know, like who do you think's gonna win? And they all start saying things, and some guy yeah. gets in front of the camera and he shoves him out of the way. And, yeah. Yeah, and so Sean Mooney's night is is uh, thankfully over for him. <laughs> yeah. And then we start the WWF title match. Macho Man Randy Savage going in as champ versus Hulk Hogan with Elizabeth in a neutral corner. Yeah. Defending it a pretty, almost a year to the day where he won it the, yeah. uh, the year before, which yeah. is pretty cool. It's a neat little full circle they did there. Yeah. And uh, they, it's funny that they, they planted seeds for this match to happen pretty much from day one. And yeah. it was great the way they laid it out for this feud. I, I'm... I haven't seen those segments since I was a kid, right. and I can still remember every piece of evidence that Macho put against Hogan for being, uh, for for going after Elizabeth in his yeah. eyes. Yeah, uh, little things, and they did it. Uh, pr- kind of started with the celebration at four, but uh, there yeah. wasn't really anything scandalous there. No. They did a bit where well, other than Hogan just hanging out too long. Yeah, yeah definitely hung out way too long. Uh, you know, there's one. Uh, there's one thing to say about passing the torch versus hot dogging. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he did. Hogan has never passed the torch. You need to pass it and go. Yeah, you don't wave it around like a freaking <laughs> right. sparkly. That's what he did. Um, <laughs> sparkly. Here's the uh, the Macho Man had a, a title match against the Conquistador, which I, I have no idea how <laughs> that thing got a title match. But uh, no offense. <laughs> right. Uh, beats him and then Hogan actually jumps in the ring and punches the other one out off the apron during the three count mm. and that's him stealing Macho's Thunder but then it goes into SummerSlam 89 when he puts uh, Elizabeth up on Savage's shoulders yeah. he had his hand on her butt just a little bit too long yeah. things I, like I that, that yeah. Um, but yeah so the, he found all these fun things and then of course like uh, carrying her back to the dressing room when she got hit by Savage yeah. in the tag match so they, they planted this thing for a whole year it, yeah. it was it was brilliant how they do it and the yeah. fact that they could do it and do it for a whole year and not people not realize what's going on yeah. until I mean, two I, months before. Yeah, they they reeled me in. I mean, I, I remember that very well. I don't remember yeah. a lot about around this era, but I remember yeah. that very well. That segment when the Mega Powers that explode and yeah. then that's when, with the belt. And the, yeah, and the, when the, they're in the back and the Elizabeth's room, yeah. hurt in the training room. Yeah, that's that's cemented in my brain. Yeah, totally. And not from rewatching it from the time that I watched it at that point. So. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, hey, you know, we we. We we badmouth the Hogan, and uh, I feel very justified in a lot of what yeah, we do about yeah. it. But uh, you know, this was a this is one of his best matches. Yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, give a lot of credit to Savage, of course. Yeah. Savage is great as a as a, he he pulls out all the stops, all the tricks, all the hair yeah. pulling, all the choking with the tape. Yeah, you know he he does it so well. Uh, but it, it's weird. Like I don't. I don't, there's two things about this show. I'm going to get into this uh, when we do match rankings a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the booking still. I, I, you know, I think it would have been better for Hogan to maybe get it back at SummerSlam if you're going to do it. I really think that was the way to go with it. Yeah. Because SummerSlam, I understand the need to put Zeus in the tag match to cover up his weaknesses, and yeah. having Savage as yeah. a partner, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah. But I think they should have had the match at SummerSlam, and that's when Hogan wins. Because, to me, I like... Uh, you know, I like Savage going over in this, and and yeah, I'm a Randy Savage fan, but I think it makes more sense. I think it would have given a lot more credence to Macho Man, and they could have sold it as Hogan was unfocused. He yeah. had his movie coming out. He's clouded by the Elizabeth thing. 
Yeah. You know, I think they could have really pulled it off and not hurt Hogan. No, I, I really think that was the way to go. That's just me. That's my fantasy booking. Yeah, I see what you're saying. With the time, Hogan didn't lose. Yeah, so. yeah he, he just did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was it was definitely the, the most peril they ever put uh, yeah. Hogan in. And that's even uh, even beyond the Andre match. Yeah. You know, Savage ran this match. Yeah. And, he, and Hogan didn't have anything in hardly in it. Yeah, the, yeah, like you said, he was pulling out all the, all the stops and all the dirty tricks and everything. And yeah. uh, Elizabeth, even though she was neutral, like Randy was still using her to get Hogan. Yeah, so, they, yeah. yeah, they did that a few times. Then Hebner finally kicks her out. Yeah. Uh, there's that great spot, though, before that where, uh, you know, Hogan just body slams him out of the ring. Yeah. He starts from one end of the ring and just yeah, tosses Yeah, he just picks him. him up and just tosses him over the rope. Yeah. Like, Which would have been a great rumble finish that yeah. nobody ever did. <laughs> right. And that's why the Berserker should have won the Royal Rumble, because <laughs> right. his finisher was throwing the guy yeah. out <laughs> in an atomic drop position. Yeah. And then, uh, so towards the end of the match, Savage is like choking Hogan, just blatant. Yeah. Like he's choking him for literally like 15 seconds. When has the choke ever been a setup for the elbow? <laughs> You're right. How great yeah. was that? I keep yeah. forgetting how great that yeah. is. Yeah, because this is after he'd already choked him with the tape yeah. uh, behind like blocking the ref with his yeah. back to him. And he's doing it because he's like, disqualify me. Yeah. You yeah, know? and Hebner, is, he's counting. He's doing like one, two, three, and then he stops. And but he's still stopped doing this, and then he starts counting again. <laughs> yeah. But he never lets go. He's no. still doing it. Yeah. So and then so Hogan's down. He looks like he's passed out. Uh, Savage goes up, does the elbow, hits the elbow, goes for the pin. Hogan starts to hook up. Yeah, he ki- he he doesn't even just kick out at two and three fourths. Yeah. He kicks out like at two. Yeah, <laughs> like right before, and just like what elbow? Yeah, <laughs> and just like he literally like it's the thing where he shoves Savage to where he actually flies up into the air and rolls over, and now he's hulking up. Yeah, and then yeah, we get the the, the four punches, four punches, Irish whip, boot, oh, big leg drop, a doom, finish. One, two, three. But even saying that, I mean, it was it was a great match. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Almost uh, almost 20 minutes, close to it. Hogan earned his paycheck that day, apparently. Yeah, yeah right. all right. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then celebration for like, I don't know how long. Yeah, we get, uh, that's when I went to the bathroom. Yeah, tonight, I so. did too. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but yeah, I, I bet you out there are intrigued. I, th- I think this is more so than any of the other ones. The way we talk about these matches, yeah. especially in the first four shows, I think it's pretty obvious what our ranking is. I think this one's going to be a little odd. So, right. Chris, let's uh, let's rank these matches. All right. Uh, let's start from the bottom. Let's go to the bottom always. All right. Well, I think that's pretty easy. Uh, the shortest match on the show is the worst match on the show. It was the Red Rooster versus Bobby Heenan. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a nothing match. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Um, the next match at number 13 was there were 14 matches on the show. At 13 was Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bad News Brown. Yes. Just for the DQ factor and the, yeah. the ugliness of the whole thing. Yeah. And the, the thing that you pointed out where it should have been like technical mastery, but it was <laughs> just swinging metal and wood at each other. Playing their characters. Yeah. yeah but Devil's Qualification does not hold a lot of water with me, so yeah. that's why it deserves to be in the position it is. Uh, next matchup was pretty short at number 12. It was Dino Bravo versus uh, Ronnie Garvin. Yeah. And that's really a lot of it is the link. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 11 was also not a clean finish and just not really much of a match. It was Jake Roberts versus Andre the Giant. Yeah, because like we said, it's about, what, six, seven minutes of just choking. And, yeah. And then that's about it. Like, DiBiase and, and Andre are really the best parts about the match. Yeah. 
Um, and then we actually starts to get kind of good because we actually were were saying like this was a good match. It was the opening match that got things started off to a pretty decent start. It was Hercules versus King Haku. Yes, absolutely good. Good solid opener. Like I said, I've seen way worse opener. Yep, especially at WrestleMania too. Yeah. I'm um, not going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next match at number nine was a decent, decently uh, length match, but I think the finish uh, kind of hurt it. It was a double count out. It was Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus uh, the Million Dollar Champion Ted DiBiase. Yeah. And if the wrestling wasn't there, this match would have been a lot lower for yeah. that finish, but yeah. I think that's a good position. And like I said, we really like these guys. Yeah. But it just, uh, they deserved better this year. Yeah. Um, number eight, we start to get into the uh, tag team matches uh, oh, yeah. that always kind of like hover like right here in the, in the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bushwhackers versus the Rujos. Yes. Super fun. Not the most technical because the Bushwhackers are in it, but it was good. It's fun. No I ex- love the Bushwhackers. I, I yeah. absolutely love the Bushwhackers. I'm not bad nothing. No extra points rewarded for the... Uh, we were talking about what happened in the Rude Warrior match earlier, but yeah. no extra points awarded for what is... The most uncomfortable moment, probably in WrestleMania history. Oh yeah, I forgot. Go ahead. The um, <laughs> the body slam that features uh, penis rubbins. So let's just go with that. That's it's. You yeah. gotta go watch the match. It's not like it's hidden. If it's you go not, watch the match, you're gonna see it's it. It's right in the center of the screen. Um, one of the, I forget which Rougeau was, and I forget which Bushwhacker it was, but the Rougeau was picking up. Uh, uh, one of the bushwhackers for a body slam and hand into crotch and rubbing is happening. Uh, is, is it a prank? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just glad he had enough to eat a brunch. I know. Uh, <laughs> Move on. Uh, number seven, um, another tag team match, the Hart Foundation versus the Honk Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine. All right. Good stuff. Yes, yes. absolutely. Next up is actually the tag team title match in the weird three-on-two version of it. Demolition versus the Powers of Pain with Mr. Fuji. Yeah. I think if they'd have had that match they had uh, earlier in the year, I'd say it'd be contending in the top three. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It is not. Next up is the only uh, appearance of the uh, the Brainbusters, I guess. Uh, Brainbusters versus Strike Force. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. Historical significance, the breakup of Strike Force. And I will reiterate once again, historical significance does have a bearing on our match rankings. Yeah, certainly. And next up, the dream match of Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. Yes. Number four. I bet you were surprised about that. I know I was. I was thinking going in, I was thinking this is going to be like higher. number two. Yeah. You know? But, Just uh, thinking about it, I mean, I think it would be, but... No. No. What? We were being, uh, you know, tough but fair, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes. So we have in our top three... Um, two guys that we bash a lot. So... And we that we don't think really have good matches, but they're in our top three. Yeah. So number three is actually the Intercontinental title match. Rick Rude taking the title away from the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, title change, big moment, yeah. historic. And like you said, Warrior did kind of screw up some bits. Or not yeah. screw up really as much as just kind of ugly. Yeah. But it was, it was a good match. Rude carried it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Heenan used to yell at some of his guys in the ring, pace yourself. Yeah. And Warrior doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he understands that word. Yes. Either of those words. Number um, two is the gem of uh, five, I believe. Yeah, it's actually... Number two is the second match on the card. It was Twin Towers with Slick versus the Rockers. Yes. Fast pace, hard-hitting, super awesome. 
Shawn Michaels is not going to see a lot of number two rankings as the series right. goes yeah. on. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I may be calling the boat early here, yeah. but I think uh, that's not being very out of line. No, it isn't. I'm just going over, like, Shawn Michaels' matches yeah. in my head. Like, yeah, that's one, that's one, that's one. going to dip below one yeah. at any of the other yeah. ones he's in, but it's possible. It could it's happen. possible. Yeah. I think there's a few more down the road here before we get to ten, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything before ten, it's, oh, it's up in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And then, of course, that leaves the only other match on the card. The main event, the longest match, the title match. The top match is the Mega Powers Explode, yeah. Chris? That's weird. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. The marquee match. Savage defending the title and losing to Hulk Hogan. It actually delivered. Now, you know. I mean, at the same time that's going on, you got Flair and Steamboat on the other channel. Just yeah. It down. It's It's weird. Yeah, but uh, go watch that match too, by the way. But uh, and I'm not saying try to compare the two because it's uh, they're they're two totally different things. Yeah. But uh, I, I like the I, I like when the main events the main event should always be number one. Yeah, that's but true. is this the it, first time that uh, that we've done that? <laughs> it might be because number one was the tag title match, and yeah. at number one, number two was the tag title match. Yeah, <laughs> number three was the Intercontinental title match. And uh, oh no, I think I think at four we, we did put the Savage DiBiase match just because have, yeah. just because it's it's crazy and historical, and they're both great wrestlers. Yeah. So, so yeah, four and five, the main event was the thing. Yeah, Trump Plaza got it right. Yeah, Trump Plaza knows <laughs> how to do a main event. <laughs> All right, so special awards, uh, the interview segment of the night. Chris, I, I'm gonna you know I think it's unfair to put Piper's pit in there. I mean, let's just from now on call this the Roddy Piper promo of the night award. All right. So this is well, yeah, this is just promos. This is not four matches kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just because the, is 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 this a promo? I couldn't tell what was going on in it's the a interview. Promo. It is. It but is I'm a promo. I'm yeah. going to I'd like to give it to the Bushwhackers yes. tonight. <laughs> yeah, Bushwhackers eating and talking with food in their mouth to Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, is the because it, it wasn't it, that also reiterates the fact that there was it was there wasn't a great promo night. I don't think. No, not really, not not yeah. terribly memorable. They were all kind of rushed. Yeah, you know the rockers were rushed. DBS was yeah. like they just didn't really get a chance to cook. Yeah. So the 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 Piper interview of the night award goes yeah. to the Bushwhackers. And they they actually for the first time I think in the whole series so far Hogan only got one promo. Yeah. yeah. But they but he did it like halfway through the show. Yeah. So it seemed like he had two, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't, I don't know. And then I think we should debut since there was a little bit of confusion there. I think we should debut a non-wrestling segment of the night because okay. going forward, there's going to be a lot, a lot of non-wrestling segments. I like it, Chris. And there were a lot of non-wrestling segments on the show. So what's the inaugural winner here? I Chris? think that's easy. That's got to be the Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit, unedited version. Yeah, but even edited, it's still the... Even the edited, it's still yeah. good, but you, people need to go back and watch the real deal. Yeah. So, that includes all of us. <laughs> yes, we are people as well. All right, Chris. So, um, let's call it a night. I mean, this is this has been... A, this has been I think we actually did a longer show than four, I but I think did, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. There was a lot of matches on the show, though. Yeah. As, as much, almost, as four. Fourteen matches plus extra segments, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... We got six coming up. Sky Dome in Toronto. Yes. Looking forward to that one. Can you think of anything offhand that you can remember? No. Yeah. <laughs> we got Warrior Hogan. <laughs> yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. But let's see what else uh, bubbles up mm. to the. Uh, and just talking about like, <laughs> just my preface for the the top three. How's that match gonna fare? Mm. Rankings. I'm actually intrigued myself because I don't know. 
what's yeah. going to happen. I don't even, it's been a while since I watched that one. Yeah. So what do you think out there? And what did you think of this show? Did, did you like the match rankings? What do you want, higher or lower? And your personal list. Yes. It's not going to change the master list, but I still like to hear <laughs> from right. you. So, Chris, how can they let us know that? Uh, you can respond to the WrestleMania House Show by going to cnjradio.com. Our website is there with the blog. Find the shows there and the link to our iTunes, which we would very much appreciate if you would subscribe there because you'll get all of these, plus your normal shows, plus any bonus shows will all come through the iTunes feed. Leave us a message on our Facebook or through our Twitter. And, yeah, listen, like, and shoot. That's awesome. Love it. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you on number six. gentlemen here to sing america the beautiful the world wrestling federation's women's champion rockin robin oh beautiful for spacious skies and the waves of gray for pearl Majesty Say that with a little disgust, Gorilla. Hey, wait a minute, Gorilla. Wait a minute. Now, did, didn't your parents come from some foreign country? Yes. Well, then they're no different than country. you. The Rougeaus were not born here. So, in other words, Gorilla, as far as you're concerned, tear down the Statue of Liberty? No, I didn't say that. Then crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining. tell you that but you really uh you really ate it up jess i got into that gorilla i like that i'm, I'm sure you did